There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S. Today we are talking American Gods Episode 4, Get Gone. And today joining me is Miss Jennifer. Welcome back. Hi guys. And we're talking about a story of a girl who possibly screwed a guy and saved the whole world. So, you know, <laughs> I know that's a real bad take on that song, but all right. So this episode, let me give you the little tiny summary that we get, which I think is hilarious. We get like a sentence and a half. The story of Laura's life and death is explored, including her first encounter with Shadow and how exactly she came to be sitting on the edge of his motel room. Yes. So um, I read the book, and we don't get this particular episode at all. It's tiny bits and pieces from the book. And I was reading an article that Vanity Fair did, um, an interview with Neil Gaiman, Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, out of all the episodes, this one is 99% completely made up by the showrunners. And it also happens to be his favorite episode. Um, And he said that... He feels like he is an audience member watching a story in a world that he created. And he thought that was a really cool experience and absolutely loved this episode that kind of explores Laura and and gives the character a lot more depth. So from an author's standpoint, I mean, that's a pretty good review. (laughs) I think so, too, yeah. And it was funny because last episode I was talking with Gomez, and I'm like, I'd like a little more backstory to find out how we got to here. But I was actually talking about Shadow Mm -hmm. a little more, but this plays into it. Well, Laura is one of those characters where she is not a good person. And we, we come to know that about her from the very beginning. I mean, she died with his best friend's dick in her mouth right before she gets out of prison. Awkward. So, um, but what I like about this episode is it does give us that deeper look into her where she's a more fully developed character. And what I like most about this episode is it develops the character of Laura without redeeming her. And I think a lot of people can relate to it. Um, Laura's not a good person, but that's okay. Uh, A lot of us do things that we're not proud of. and, And, you know, some of us, you know, have had less than good person moments in our lives. And I think it just goes to show how our world is not all black or white or good or bad, but we're shades of gray. Um, so it shows her as a flawed character, but also relatable. And you kind of figure out, okay, well, if I were in that situation where my husband went to prison and it was all my fault, how would I react? Would I be, you know, uh, in the same place? Uh, or, you know, would I rise above it like I think I'd like that I, I would? Yeah, but. You never know until you're put into that situation, and I think we've all had those I fucked up moments in life, and hers happened the last four years while That's Shadow true. was in prison. So, now, not, I have not a defending question. her or anything, oh. but I mean, I think it adds a lot to her character. Now, I have a question for you, though, specifically about Laura. Like, the way she was kind of developed, she seemed very, 
emotionless almost the entire thing even when she's smiling like her eyes are dead now do you think and i know this gets thrown around a lot that she could have been possibly on the autism spectrum or do you think that it's more just depression i think i mean she definitely could be on on the spectrum but i think her character represents um something that a lot of people especially younger people in this world or or this country faces and that's kind of like you're on autopilot and you you feel like you're waiting for your life to begin and when she meets shadow she's like oh maybe this is it and then four years later she finds herself very bored again and it's almost i always say this about the reason we love zombie genre films and tv shows is because we're basically a society of zombies where we get up to this monotonous routine, we get ready, we get dressed, we go to work, we do this job that's kind of mind-numbing, you know, we, we browse social media, you know, and it's just everything's kind of like automated and automatic, and sometimes people get into that rhythm and the monotony so much that they need something to wake themselves up. Um, like we see her in the hot tub spraying the bug spray, and it's like, well, is she just doing this for kicks or does she want to die? Right. Like, um, at first I'm like, what, is she trying to get high? Then I'm like, I don't think that's what it was. Yeah, and I think she's more bored, and it seems like she's controlled by that boredom and monotony in her life. And even after she meets Shadow and, you know, they seem to have a pretty good life, I mean, she's still at that same job at the casino. She doesn't even get to shovel her own cards. And, you know, he shook her up for a little while, but now she wants something more in life. And so she comes up with this plan, you know, for Shadow to do what he originally was going to do when they met, which is rob the casino. She's like, I've been there for eight years. It's the same damn thing every day. They they never deviate from the plan. And the one day that he goes to execute this it-cannot-go-wrong plan, someone deviates from the monotony and just screws them all both. So, um her life got shook up, but not in the ways I think that she would like it to have gotten shaken up. So Now, one more question for you, because, mm-hmm. again, you, you already stated the beginning scene, we see Shadow come in, and it turns out it was X amount of years ago when him, he first meets Laura, and he is doing things that a really good surveillance agent would have picked up. Oh, he, yeah. It's not just capping your bet. It was... Mm-hmm just totally changing it it's like hello you can see the color on the, so they would know that you went from ten ten dollars in chips to fifty dollars in chips yeah sorry if you'd have capped it office. if you'd have capped it maybe you could have been okay because i actually caught somebody capping a bet though but um it it's just like i see that and i'm like thinking this is the reality that a lot of casino dealers have to deal with i'll tell you yes but like, she seemed like, I'm bored, okay, I'm happy, I'm bored again, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking that whatever deviated, since, like you said, she said, it was, wow, that just sounded weird. That would have been horrible <laughs> if I was writing that out in a book. But Laura stated that nobody changes anything. Mm-hmm. But later on in the episode, too, we see the two birds again, which we've discussed. Mm-hmm. So do you think the whole thing actually went down by Mr. Wednesday? He was the one who put it into motion because he wanted Shadow. Um, I think that is a strong possibility because we see Shadow in the beginning, and he's kind of this happy-go-lucky, very charming character, and he's a very different Shadow then than we know now, where Shadow is, he doesn't believe it unless he can see it with his own eyes, 
and you know he's he just isn't happy-go-lucky he has the weight of the world on his shoulders almost quite literally as he travels around with mr wednesday uh, and you know he's trying to adjust this you know okay i see it but i still don't quite believe it reality that mr wednesday presents to him and it makes you kind of wonder, you know, why Shadow? And it, it does almost seem like there was a predestined fate for him, you know, whether that was created by Mr. Wednesday or other, you know, powers that be somewhere out there, um, or if it's just chance. And one thing I, I think that maybe it could be chance is Shadow's love of coin tricks. Mm-hmm. And when you toss a coin, yeah, there are statistics and things like that. It'll land on heads or tails, you know. Whatever, but I mean, you're really kind of by chance, and of course, but we do see Mr. Wednesday can even change chance, and he can change that coin flip. So, uh, I think it would be really cool if we learned that Mr. Wednesday kind of set all of this in motion, and I think it would be um, a big point in the story where if Shadow finally does fully trust Mr. Wednesday, is fully on board with what he's doing, and you know, starts you know, really investing and believing in the, the new world that he has he's found himself in, if he were to find out that the whole reason all this happened, that he went to prison, that his wife is, you know, dead and having to sew her arms back on, chasing after him and, and everything that has happened was by design of Mr. Wednesday. I think that would be a really big um, moment in the series where he has to decide, am I still with this guy or not? That makes sense. It's It's kind of worrisome. You know, if that's what's going to happen. So yeah, I think we've got to hold on really to that. Like, I really like Mr. Wednesday. And so <laughs> no matter what he does, yeah. if he did do this, um, I, you know, I'll be like, well, you know, to be fair, he probably had to do it. Because I just love the character and I, I love um, uh, the actor who plays him uh, as well so much. He's just he has this, you know, faded charm about him that I just find irresistible. He, he's magic on screen. <laughs> I agree with you. We essentially don't see any gods until the last 15 minutes of the episode. So we'll talk about them towards the end of our show. So this episode really revolved around, like you said, Shadow and Laura. It's Laura's story, but we also get Audrey and Robbie. And we show how they're friends. And in the book, I know Gomez was saying that um, Audrey and Robbie introduced Shadow to Laura, whereas we're seeing it differently. (laughs) Right, yeah. In the book, she is a small town travel agent, but travel agents don't really exist anymore. So that's true. And let me tell you, the dead eyes working at the casino is totally yes. true. Yes, yeah. <laughs> worked at casinos for ten years. Well, and, you're stuck playing the same game yeah. for your entire shift. <laughs> and it's funny because when they put the auto shuffler on her game, and she's like, "But I want a hand shuffle." They're like, "No, no, no. This is better." I will tell you, and I tweeted this out that dealers hate the auto shuffle because they don't Uh, get that break yeah because you kind of need that mental break you know where you're just doing something well it's a physical break too because you think about it because you know the way you're flipping the cards everything and when i tweeted that out um i think the writer's room like liked it and retweeted it because it's awesome it's the reality of working as a dealer i'm sorry i mean you're lucky if you're one of the other games that isn't on a shuffle machine or isn't a fast-paced one like like blackjack but mm-hmm. laura wasn't that lucky and it no. was interesting too i just want to say it was an egyptian themed not the not the lexus but the uh, or i'm sorry that's not even the right name it's the car <laughs> yeah not the luxor but it was an egyptian themed one because mm-hmm. right in front of her table was um anubis and horus i think yes i thought it was interesting 
Yes, and they've got the big pyramid in there. And even her vest that she wears has pyramid, and her bow tie has the eyes of Ra on it. I thought that was just really interesting because it's like, oh, it's like they're going to weave the little story through Mm -hmm. without actually saying it. Yeah, I kept waiting. I'm like, okay, when are we going to see Anubis? (laughs) Right, yeah, I figured he was going to, like, all of a sudden be at the table or something. Um, But this was just really interesting. You know, they go, they have a life, they get married. And even on her wedding day, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Laura she looks so very bored. She's like, that was fun. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's almost like, you know, she's sitting there, she's posing for the picture, and then she looks down at her flowers, chucks them, and like, okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah. It, it was very strange to me. I mean, I don't know. I, you're usually a little bit excited, even if it's more nervous. But, yeah, she's just like, yeah, we did this. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she reminds me of... Um, what was that? Um, Prozac Nation, and and the, it was a it's a movie like years years ago. Uh, I think it had like Christina Ricci in it or something. But I mean, at the time when that movie was done, um, I lived um, close to the University of Tennessee, and there was one pharmacy that was the number one pr- uh, like prescription provider or prescription filler of Prozac. And it was basically all these bored housewives, you know, with numbing lives and monotony and things like that. And 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 I'm this when I was looking at her at her wedding, I'm like, oh, Prozac Nation, <laughs> okay, where you know there are no highs and lows, it just is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I felt like her whole life was, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of building, but not in a good way, because you have. Audrey and Robbie, who are there, and they're at a barbecue together. And Audrey's like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, Robbie's never looked at me the way Shadow looks at you." And I would, I would kill for someone to look at me like that. Right. And still, Laura like smiles, but it doesn't meet her eyes. It doesn't reach, nope. to, and you can just see this, and you see it getting like less and less. Mm-hmm. And Shadow is completely content, and he's happy, and you know, it, his life with Laura is enough for him and. For her, it's just almost, and even when they um, have sex the first time, and I got to say, the show is reinventing the gold standard for how sex scenes are being shot <laughs> in a lot of ways. And I've heard that it's really creative angles to make it look as realistic as it is. Um, but um, yeah, because that looks pretty realistic. Oh yeah, and but you know, she's laying there, and he's like, "What?" And she just smacks him, and he's like, "Okay," and she smacks him again. You know, so she even has to, you know, have some kind of violence, you know. When she has sex with this insanely hot guy to kind of, you know, amp the, you know, the excitement up for her. But <laughs> it, yeah. And just, yeah. Even like you were saying the sex, cause later she's just like having sex and looks bored. It's yeah. Like, wow. And even, even with Robbie, I mean, she's just going through the motions and then she does this incredibly risky thing, which is, you know, you know, one last time, you know, uh, before shadow comes back, you know, let's make things interesting. And that's what ends up getting killed. Her killed is, her thirst for, you know, let's spice things up a little bit. <laughs> but in that scene is where we see the birds all of a sudden fly. Yes. And that's why I was wondering, because you you kind of see what's happening, but you don't. You know it's a car accident. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, what is happening? What's going on? And even though we see it, it's it's kind of like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Mm-hmm. And that I don't know if that makes sense, because you knew it's coming. You knew that from yeah. episode oh, one. Yeah. But the fact that you suddenly see the birds, which are very very much associated with Odin, who is yes. Mr. Wednesday, or at least we're taking the leap and saying it is. Yes, I, I think I think you're in, on the right track there. <laughs> so I just, oh, I don't want him to be involved. But at the same time, 
we see after Laura dies, when she does see Shadow, he is glowing. Mm-hmm. Yes, she says that Shadow is her sunshine, I believe is what she tells her friend. And literally, he is her sunshine because it, she, he has a, he gives off this golden glow that she can see from miles away to kind of track him down. And uh, I have to say, I loved the part where she meets her friend oh, in the bathroom. And she's like, and, she, and she's sitting on the toilet and her friend's like, oh, my God. And she's like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I just, you know, got to sew my arms back on and, you know, formaldehyde. It's a pain in the ass, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, even being dead does not really shake Laura. <laughs> Which is funny. And I, I don't know. I, I will talk to Gomez next episode because you guys switch off. He had said mm-hmm. that Laura shows up to Shadow in the book, and that's when he's like, I got to get out of Dodge because she's in town. What is this? This is weird. She's dead. But, yeah. like, she shows up, and she's, like, hiding from him, though, because she was at the house to get her clothes after she digs her way out of the dirt, mm-hmm. which, let me backtrack that a little bit, because she does get to see Anubis, and I don't understand why it's Anubis. I mean, I love that it's Anubis. Mm-hmm. But like, I think- at least last time we seen him, you know, the person he had talked to had grown up with the stories and believed. Mm-hmm. And Laura had said, basic, basically, I, I mean, she didn't say she's an atheist. She just said there's nothing after this. And I feel like she right. doesn't believe in anything. So, like, I don't want to say, like, that makes her an atheist because she could just be like, whatever. Yeah, yeah I think she's more agnostic, I yeah. guess would be the word. But, you know, yeah, she's like, yeah, I think he just stopped breathing and that's it. And then that's you all. rot. And then you rot. Um, I think that they use Anubis for her after death um, going on to the next thing uh, scene is because she worked at the um, the casino that is Egyptian themed. Okay. So, I mean, honestly, you, you work at a place for eight years at a very boring job and, you know, I guess some of it gets absorbed into you. That makes sense. (laughs) I think maybe that's why um, Anubis comes to her um, as opposed to someone else, because, I mean, she spent the last eight years of her life looking at pyramids and statues of Anubis and Horus, and she uh, knows who he is, and she knows, he kind of shows her the scales. She's like, I'm already going to tell you, I sucked as a human being, and my heart's going to be heavier than that feather. It is not going to weigh. And, by the way, I don't want to be here. I'm going back and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait like right no one no one's ever said no to anubis before in quite such a way and he's like you know okay yeah some people say that but you know you're just this little skinny thing and there's nothing you can do and right as he's ready to put her into the hot tub to gas her she gets sucked back to earth and he just kind of looks like what in the hell just happened <laughs> i love that line because he's like yeah basically you're no, nothing you're no one i will never even remember you Exactly. <laughs> after, like you said, he was going to put her in a hot tub because if she, if her heart was heavy, she's going to go to, I don't know, a version of hell or nothingness. <laughs> but she does ask him, will it be peaceful? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you just gave this whole speech, like, basically, you don't <laughs> care what's happening and you never cared and screw everything and everyone. And now you're like, wait, but is it going to be peaceful? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, but when she yeah, gets ripped away, she, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, Anubis is gonna remember this one. Oh yeah, he's gonna, he's probably gonna, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would risk to say that perhaps in in the television series that um, Anubis might go after her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can see him being kind of pissed that this has happened. Um, 
But um, I, I thought that that line when she asks, is it peaceful? I thought that it was kind of not like the Laura we know um, because she doesn't seem to like peaceful. Oh, okay. See, I'm thinking it was like scared little girl kind of thing. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I've done all the shit. I've talked big shit. And now it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's happening? So I, I don't know if it was like, is she having the realization that, oh, crap, I've really screwed up. There's something after life and we don't just rot. Uh, and somehow, you know, she gets sent back. And we, we do know that um, because of um, Mad, uh, Mad Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney's coin, um, Shadow flips it in there, and that's kind of what um, brings her back to life uh, and, and pulls her from the the scene with Anubis back into the life. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, I think going to hell where lots of things are happening, I, I think, um, and, and not good things, and I think Laura would still find some way to be bored there. <laughs> you're probably right. The way they're portraying her right now, I think you're probably absolutely correct with that. <laughs> I'm being tortured again. No. <laughs> well, we go forward. She comes back. But we find out now who saved Shadow from yes. Technical Boy's weird, creepy, faceless men. The minions. And all of a sudden, man, she's pulling out some baby doll moves here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She was totally channeling Sucker Punch. Oh, yeah. And she totally kicked ass. And, like, they're exploding. They and she's pulling the spines out. I was like, Wow. Yeah, and and now we understand why that scene that we got a couple of episodes ago was so bloody. Because I'm like, oh, why is it so bloody? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's exploding? Yes, yeah, it was so, so weird. And then she jumps up and she's like pulls apart the rope that he's hanging on, but she yeah. hides herself from him. Mm-hmm. With all of that going on, I was wondering why she hid. I think she's kind of ashamed. Um. I, I think that she's she's adjusting because she just died and you know she sees Shadow and I mean she just ripped apart a bunch of people and then she's kind of like well crap what if he doesn't like me as a as a killer <laughs> I think it was more that and, I, and than anything else and I mean she's probably assuming that he knows um, the circumstances of her death and. Uh, and we kind of get that confirmed when she goes to visit uh, Audrey. But uh, I think she hid because she was she was kind of ashamed and unsure how he would um, respond to her. Okay. Yes, weirdly, in this fight, her arm ends up sliding off <laughs> after she's done with the fight. Like, one of the guys hit her just right in the shoulder, and then, they, like, later it slides off. And she's carrying it down the road, just over yeah, her shoulder. Like, I, you know, I broke a nail. You right. know, we'll fix it later. Like, She's got her purse just over her shoulder. It's like, no, that's her arm. Okay, and then this was me, like, watching. She's covered in blood, and it's raining, and there's mud. And I'm like, why has the blood not washed off? I don't know why that was. I thought that, too. Yeah, that was just, like, stuck in my head. I'm like, that's so stupid for that to be the one thing. I'm like, why is that happening? Yeah. I I don't know if she's just otherworldly and the rain doesn't affect her the same way, but mm, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, a a stupid thing. I know, people. I know that was stupid to get fixated on, but it happened. But she goes home. She washes off. Like I said, she hid from Shadow when he came to clean Mm -hmm. the house. And then she ends up heading over to Audrey's house because apparently Audrey's really into arts and crafts. And yes. so she knows there'll at least be thread to t- to sew her arm back on, which was weird, watching her do it with, like, 
glittery looking thread. <laughs> like Yeah, well she reminds me of the Sally character from Nightmare Before Christmas where she's having to kind of sew her arm back on. Oh yeah, and just like nonchalant like da da da. Like da 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 this this these things happen. Until Audrey sees her. Oh, Audrey just had melted down. Oh my Well, come on. <laughs> Wouldn't you you see your um, friend yeah. She's dead. She's standing in your craft room. Second, yeah. she's sewing her arm on. It's yeah. Like, I guess it's better than the hot glue gun. I don't know. But still, I would have and, probably been screaming and running, too, and been like, oh, yeah. I don't know, looking for the gun. Be like, zombie, shoot her in the I, head. Yeah, I would probably think that my husband cheating on me and his death and how everything happened, I would be thinking about right then, okay, I've finally cracked. This is it. I'm seeing dead people, you know. And and then we get Laura's perspective. She's like, you know, really, we just have to get over our differences, you know, that we had in life because, you know, I'm on a different path now. And you just got to get over it and help me sew my fucking arm back on. It was so weird. (laughs) Yeah, and like you said, she all of a sudden she's like, ah, yeah, you're standing in the, the tub screaming at me, like, trying to hide behind a shower curtain. Yeah. But I need your toilet. And just yeah, sitting there like, with, like, the, yeah, embalming fluid coming out, as she said, of every hole she has. Mm-hmm. Talking to Audrey, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Does everyone know that I was screwing your husband? And I love Audrey. She's like, yeah, I was kind of a bitch. I may have mentioned it a couple times at the funeral service. And I may have also sewed his dick into his ass. Yeah, because she's like, I'm a petty bitch. And I'm like, holy crap, because when she told, you know, Shadow, I told them to leave it where it was, Shadow looks at his wife, which that would have been really weird at this point if mm-hmm. she, with her coming back. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully that wasn't happening. But poor Robbie. I, that's uh-huh. just awkward i mean how are you as the mortician and like uh, oh oh that's a nice request i wonder okay. if they like get requests like that and and honor them i don't like know. <laughs> oh god that's that's really weird mortician confessions or something that would make a good show <laughs> i don't know do you want to know that though it's like i, I don't know if i want to know that i used to watch hbo's uh six feet under which was about the funeral home and the family and and everything that happened and and they they did a lot of like you will not believe kind of you know the requests we get but you know i i wonder because i gotta think that someone has done it before or asked for it i mean i might consider asking for it if that were my situation you know what you're probably right now it's like that's gonna <laughs> thank you I have to go to work later today, and that's going to be what's in my head. That'll totally get me on a whole different level at work. People will be asking me weird questions. I'll be like, uh-huh, what would they yeah. ask the mortician to do? <laughs> so that's just going to be in my head. But fast forward, and, you know, Laura's like, I have to find Shadow. Can I use your car? And Audrey's, you know, she's like, what? No, but apparently she's going to drive her. But, I mean, really, are you going to just give your car to a weird zombie that had her arm missing? I mean, you, you may never see your car again. Well, I mean, she already destroyed the family's other car. She killed Robbie's car, basically. So, at this point, I'd be like, um, you've already killed one of my cars, so I'll drive you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, Audrey cussing up a storm actually made me feel good. Mm-hmm. I know I'm like, that sounds strange, too. But I felt it was, like, really cathartic for her 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 character. Well, how often do you, yeah, how often do you get 
to, you know, basically swear at the person responsible for your husband's death who also happened to be cheating on them after they die. I mean, this is a one your best friend who was your best friend. So this is someone who has betrayed her on so many levels for the last, like basically four years and that, you know, the, the circumstances of how they died and everything. I mean, she actually, you know, gets to release all the emotions that she's having. I mean, right then and there, I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's probably something a lot of people wish could have happened. Although Mm -hmm. kind of strange to have that happen at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that anyone's had this exact circumstance happen to them, but you, you never know. Maybe okay, if somebody <laughs> out there has had this exact circumstance, I better get an email. Yes, and if you <laughs> requested it, your mortician do specialty functions for the body preparation, we would like to know. Yeah, yeah I kind of do. So fangirls, <laughs> fangirls on podcast at gmail.com. I, I think that is something we would share. We would leave you anonymous if you want, but yeah, yes, that's kind of weird, and I want to know. Or if you know somebody who <laughs> works in the business, you can ask and pass those information that info on to us. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, weird. Okay, so as Audrey decides to like take Laura where she's going, all of a sudden they slam on the brakes because we see a dog and a man in the middle of the street. But mm-hmm. the dog is instantly changed to Anubis, and then the man, who I thought he said Jackal, but it's Mr. Mm-hmm. Ibis. Yes. Which may be a translation that I'm not, not aware of. They're running a, a, a morgue, well, a funeral home. Right. And so Anubis just looks at Laura and like, I remember you. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. But they take her, and apparently Audrey's like, Okay, you're free to go. She's like, you know, two fingers, I'm out. And they go, and her arm is off again. I'm like, why did they take her arm off again? I don't know if they did it to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to like put better threading That's through there. That's what it looked like. But at first, I'm like, why are they punishing her now? They're removing her arm more. <laughs> Not again. And then you see them painting her. And if you've ever seen the movie Death Becomes Her with Goldie oh, Hawn. Yes. And- oh, my God. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was thinking of that movie. <laughs> it was a total Death Becomes Her moment where, you know, uh, Bruce Willis paints them. And then he, he ends up, you know, leaving both of them. And they have to make the decision to get along finally because they got to paint each other's ass for all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah and I- he says to her, he's like, we can't. You can't fix your body anymore, but we're going to fix it up the best we can. Right. So, yeah, she's just like, whatever. And suddenly she's a normal color again. And I feel and like. And how long does that last? Right. <laughs> it's it's got to be that they know she's falling into this storyline. Mm-hmm. But because, well, Mr. Ibis is the one who's been writing the stories that we see at the yes. beginning. He's the one um, coming to America and some somewhere in America. He he is that guy, yes. And then Anubis, obviously, is at the end. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got to know how the story is weaving. But I feel like they are very much a part where they're not going to get involved with the old gods and new gods. Well, well, yeah, Anubis would be in the old god regime. So if there is an, an, a, a coming war, <clears throat> he's definitely on the old god side because he's one of the oldest gods. If you think about mm-hmm. it, I just feel like they won't take part in anything. But yeah, they're they're more, you know, yeah, you will we'll jump in if we have to, but you know, we're just going to sideline this one. That's that's why I think they are 
helping Laura to put her in Shadow's path to get mm-hmm. involved without officially getting involved. Right. So I don't know. It's crazy. And then again, the end. We've already yeah, seen and, her. And Laura is um, waiting for Shadow at the end, and you're kind of like, well. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I was waiting for Shadow to walk in and, like, pass out. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, he's seen a lot of things, but I don't think he's quite ready to see this yet, and I'm interested to see if they pick right back up with that portion um, or if they, you know, kind of show us other things, and then we get the reveal of, of Shadow's reaction when he sees Laura. Um so, yeah. <laughs> this should be really interesting where they're going, and we're halfway through the season, which makes me sad. Yes, Assuming. but we are getting season two. Yes. So that is a, a good thing. Um, I want to say, and let me look real quick, that episode eight has a lot of Emily Browning in it. We get a little more Laura, and we also see her playing an Irish girl um, who brings over her gods. Really? So we we get a little more Emily Browning um, with a, a whole new character. Oh, this should be interesting, however we're going to go with that. So I guess we just sit back and wait. And uh, I don't know, four more episodes. <laughs> it's only a month. Yeah, I know. And it's definitely more and more people are watching it. And um, a lot of people that I've found um, are kind of like, you know, they know I watch a lot of stuff. They know I like a lot of crazy stuff. And they know I like Neil Gaiman. And a lot of my friends have kind of, you know, kind of kicked around and, you know, so, you know, what have you been watching lately? And I'm like, so you want to answer about American Gods, don't you? And they're like, "Mm, yeah, I caught it the other night. And um, what's going on with that? (laughs) I hope a lot of people are like really getting into this and bringing their friends into it because it is this weird Mm -hmm. world that it's hard to explain unless you've actually watched some. You kind of have to see it the way that Shadow has to see things to believe it. Um, So, yeah, all all the friends um, that have been kind of, you know, embarrassed that they've been watching it, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine, you know. Embarrassed? (laughs) I'm like, yes, you should watch this. Yeah, and you know, I, I you know, I'm like, you're awesome, um, but I mean, it does have a lot of you know, blood and gore, and you know, the sex scenes. Like I said, they they're reinventing how sex scenes are shot. I mean, they're insanely graphic and realistic looking, and you know, at the same time, being behind the scenes of production in in my life, I'm like, how did they get those angles? <laughs> yeah, they're very careful with things too. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think they're creating the new gold standard for sex scenes that are non-pornographic. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty borderline. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't see um, the ins and outs of those scenes. I guess that's the only thing we don't see. So it's not porn. That's a good one. <laughs> and then I have it. and then I have friends who are like, "Are you watching American Gods?" And they're totally shameless about it, like I am. I'm like, "Of course I'm watching." <laughs> Well, obviously, yeah, I think a lot of people are liking it. Obviously, if you're listening to us, you're watching it. Otherwise, you're trying to see if you should delve in. And at this point, we're definitely saying jump in, jump in first. Yes, get into that hot tub with your bug spray and go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we do hope you're enjoying everything. And like we said, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think it's going. Fangirls on podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you for interacting with us on Twitter because so many of you guys are, and it's awesome. And we love talking with you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, just check out the website, check out everything, maybe check out the Amazon link to go buy the book, because I have to, definitely have to buy this book, and we really hope that 
we are going to get like big reveals. It's like, I don't know because I don't have screeners. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's coming. I'm right there with you guys. And I kind of don't want to tr- even try to get them because I want to know as it's happening. I'm I'm with you, and I'm I'm really kind of glad that we got this episode where we don't really see any of this happen in the book. We just get you know random, very very tiny bits here and there throughout the book where you know Laura makes a comment or something like that. Uh, but it's very infrequent, and, and kind of you know their life before he went to prison is a little bit of a mystery. Um, but, I mean, this episode was perfect, and I, I love that it's new content in respect to the story, and I love that Neil Gaiman is is there consulting and also loving anything new that can be brought into the story as well. So that's always a good thing. Whenever um, the writers of the actual you know, piece are involved, I, I love it, because we're getting that with um, Handmaid's Tale, too, with Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. So, yes. You will be hearing from us soon enough on Handmaid's Tale, but this is American Gods, and we are super excited of what's to come. So we hope you like it. And from the Fangirl Zone on American Gods Episode 4, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Jennifer from Hollow 9. And until next time.